DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Reminding you, we are brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show, Friday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse. 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Is this where we go boom? Yeah, but you can't ask. You just have to do it. Three, two, one. Boom! Good job. Question. uh, I gave him a double boom. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I'll take it. (laughs) Everybody wants an extra boom. Are the Jazz rolling, or are they only beating up on lousy competition? Question of the morning. And Jay Hadley just tweeted at us and said, they're beating lousy competition, and it's helping them find a rhythm. I would say helping them rediscover a rhythm. I mean, before they beat these, these last two teams are bad teams. Maybe Cleveland will end up having a good season, but as constituted last night, that was a bad team. They didn't have enough of their guys. Nope. Detroit is a legitimately bad team, and I think all year long we're just going to reiterate, they're a legitimately bad team. Yep. But Milwaukee was a good win. Do you beat teams with more wins and losses? Do you beat teams you think you could see in the playoffs? And right now Denver has a losing record. And we'll see you know, how the game goes Sunday and what their records are coming out of that and what happens between now and then. But if they win in Denver, in my mind, that's a good, that's a good win. And that's I, a statement game, Dave. I don't know that it's a statement game. <laughs> Absolutely. Statement game. Payback. You do this in football all the time, and now you're not going to do it in basketball? No, it's different. There's so many more games in basketball. Yeah, regardless, this is the team that beat you. Yes. Yeah. Whether there's 1 or 12 or 82, if the team beat you and knocked you out, you do this in football all the time, and now you're not going to do it in basketball? There's too many games. That's heresy, and I don't even know what heresy means. (laughs) Too many games and three rotation guys gone. I've always struggled between hearsay and heresy. Well, they're totally different, but I get your point. They're spelled fairly similarly. I know. So, and I've, I've... I've had to have the Websters with me at all times to figure out the difference between those two words. But that is heresy. You always go statement game in football. You drop statement game all the time. You drop it at the drop of a hat. <laughs> like I did with uh, Boise State. <laughs> BYU comparisons. Bring them back. Statement Con- game. Blue concert. surf. Never won. 0 and 5. Statement game. Yeah, right. Yeah. I did. And I did actually. That's all true. I did think that game was a big deal. And how they handled that game was a big deal. It proved BYU's greatness. Not goodness. <laughs> Not kindness. Greatness. Greatness. The greatness locks monster. That's what they were last season. And it's going to be. Be, uh, the Jazz in Denver? You don't think Denver's going to be jacked for that game for a couple of reasons? They're geographically the closest team. They knocked them out of the postseason. They know the Jazz are going to be gunning for them. That's a huge game. Come on, Sniggy. You're downplaying it. it to me, it's absolute shocking. <laughs> You do such a good job of selling it. <laughs> it's it's an easy sell. I come. This is not uh, what do they say? Ice to Eskimos or snow? What's that phrase? Yeah, selling ice to Eskimos. Is that what it is? This guy I, could sell ice to Eskimos. When presumably someone in Alaska could just go get their own ice off some hillside. Right. That this is this is such an easy sell. This Denver game. 
Absolutely. That's just a gigantic game, man. Denver's got to get going. Put some distance between you and them. I think Denver is getting it going here. Uh, they had a couple early losses to Sacramento. They lost last night. What are you talking about? Yeah, they won four out of six, though. They're, yeah, they're regardless, they lost last night. They did. They lost to Brooklyn without uh, Kyrie Brooklyn? Irving. Brooklyn? Without Kyrie Irving? Puts them in the same boat as the Jazz. They lost to Brooklyn without Durant. So now you've got Denver. You've got the Jazz being no better than Denver. The Jazz are in the same boat as Denver. So you just answered the question. They're beating up on crappy teams because you've got them in the same boat as Denver, who I think you just told me was below 500. Were they 5-6? Five and six they're 5-6 five, they're what... five and six after that loss. They've, yeah. they've got to play Golden State on Thursday. It's a TNT game, so we can all check Denver out tomorrow night, see what their deal is, see how they're looking do they pass the eyeball test? And then they'll either come. That's their only game between now and the, and the Jazz. So they'll either be 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven coming into that game. And you've got them in the same boat as the Jazz. Wow, you really don't think much of the Jazz, obviously. Well, in Brooklyn they were in the same boat. I think if they win that game and they come in, uh, you know, five and two in their last seven, then don't be deceived by their six and six record. They're playing much better. I don't know. We don't follow it close enough to know what was going wrong with them in December, but they lost twice already to the Kings and they like the Jazz. Team. Like the Jazz, they lost to Phoenix. That's another thing they have in common. That's what's going on in Denver. They don't have their same team. Yeah, I, I think Grant was a big loss. They lost three guys, and they're all lost to a degree, but I think Grant really... Well, right now, with Porter being out, they're four down. Yes, yeah, and I don't know what his status will be on the weekend. I don't either. Uh, but, but he's that, out right that, now. Those, those are Well, one is temporary, and the other and three, three are, are permanent. permanent. So that's a significant loss. That's a loss of talent. So that's why, man, I've got the Jazz ahead of Denver. I'm for... I, I've never run. I've never dove to the post once in my life, whereas you, you've showed on just countless screens. No doubt. Had to and show on the screen. You've you know what else I had to do? penetrated a million times. I had to help the helper. Right. Rotate! Help the helper! I quacked a quacker, but... I don't even know what that means. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, right? Uh, you know, shoot the shooter. Uh, so you've done all these things in the game, so your knowledge of the game is far greater. I mean, you tweeted out a play that the Jazz should run just a couple of weeks ago. I should have taken a snapshot of that. Yeah, you created a rap tune on somewhere. it about it. And so you know the game, and you've got the Jazz no better than the Denver Nuggets. I appreciate your honesty, even if it's misguided. You're welcome. So you feel like the Jazz are heavy favorites going into that game, whereas I feel like that's a toss-up. Let's see how it goes when we get there. I, I can guarantee you nothing about that game. I can't guarantee you victory or defeat. I can't guarantee you close game or blowout. I'm not into guarantees. There's, I don't believe in guarantees. I believe that they, because that that implies some type of uh, just show up, roll out the balls, and away you go. And that's never going to be the case. Whatever you're going to get is going to be through hard work and earning it. That's what I fully believe. If you just show up and roll out the basketballs, grab them out of the bag or off the rack and roll them out, then you run the risk of losing to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You run the Drew Lisk of losing to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I agree. The true risk. The Drew Lisk. <laughs> so, 
I'm I'm actually looking forward to that game. I mean, I'm looking at any game, every game. I'm disappointed that I don't get to watch a game tonight. As Joe Engel said yesterday on his uh, Zoom call to the media, which I participated in, and it's, it, we know that people out there like to watch us play as much as we want to play. And I agree with that. I actually get enjoyment uh, out of watching NBA who, particularly the Jazz, it, it gives me something to do in a winter's day where, you know, you're not out just chit-chatting with the neighbors or pulling weeds in the garden and all that stuff that you would normally do when the weather's good and just the good weather makes people feel better. But to have to know that there's a game on, I look forward to it. When it's game day, honestly, it's maybe that's I have a pathetic life. But <laughs> I, look, I look forward to game day when they play. So I'm, I look forward to every single game. But there are games that I look forward to a little bit more. And Denver being I, one of them. I, I totally agree. I think that that's the hold the Jazz have in the community. That's what separates them from a lot of other teams that are still very popular in their own right. They, they play whatever sport and whatever city. But there's just a handful of teams that have a hold on a community in, in whatever sport. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, lacrosse, PK, lacrosse, whatever, down the line. That I, I had to return some calls yesterday, and the Jazz game was you know getting out of hand. So I still had it on, and I, I called this guy and uh, who I'd missed his call earlier in the day, and he said, "What are you, what are you, what are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm, I'm watching the Jazz." When he says, "Yeah, I was too. They were crushing him." He says, "But I had to go pick some stuff up," and he said, "But I've been out of my car. What's happened?" He was clearly, and this is someone I would describe as. Kind of an average sports fan. I mean, he's into it, but he doesn't make his living off of it. And he's not a season ticket holder or a luxury suite. And he's a fan. But even when they're winning big, and he's got to go, I don't know what he was picking up, whatever, dinner or whatever, I don't know what he's doing. He still, he turns lock on in the car. And he knows they're winning by 20, and he knows enough of what's going on. He knows Cleveland's not coming back. But he still wants to hear it. So your life may be pathetic, but it's not pathetic because you look forward to jazz games on jazz days. That's, you know, and, and you can't say that about every team. And you can't say that about every team in every sport. There's, I think you can say that about every team that's winning, though. I think winning is fashionable. Yes. And you can go anywhere, any place, any time in our country and probably in the world. I don't know. I haven't been to very many countries. But if they're winning – they have a hold. If they're not winning, that's another story. Hmm. Uh, okay, to a point, you're, I mean, you're largely right because winning does have that impact. But winning in Utah, the Jazz winning in Utah feels different than the Nuggets winning in Denver because Denver, oh. the, the Nuggets don't have that hold on that community. And it doesn't mean that there aren't people looking forward to it and people following it, but when there were crowds, the crowds weren't as big, and, you know, they got the Broncos down the street. I mean, it's apples and oranges. Uh, yeah, but see, I think the way it sets up is that it, in the moment it's just the same because when the Nuggets are winning, now it has to be postseason winning I'm speaking of uh, because that's when the winning counts the most, yeah. obviously. And when you're doing that, the Nuggets are the, are the Broncos. They're not playing. They haven't even started training camp in a normal year, not right. this past season. Yeah. But in a normal year, 
they're not. So they're going nuts in Denver. Everybody, because I because I can relate it to the hockey team when the hockey team John Elway is dropping the first puck and yep. calling out Patrick Waugh, and the place is going berserk. Well, that's and nobody nobody thinks of Denver as a hockey team, but they had it going on there for a little while. And that's where you go back to winning. That it's not an it's, a, winning. it's, it's not an Avs town either. But if the Avs are getting to the Stanley Cup Finals, and if they're winning the Cup. You know, and and it would it would happen for the Nuggets if they got to the finals. You know, we can say a conference I, finals. I think it would be, and I can say the Jazz have a better hold on this town. The Nuggets do, but it's partly well, the Jazz have just won more than the Nuggets. I, mean, you I can think just, that's it. And yeah. so, conversely, if the Jazz had been Sacramento mm-hmm. all these years and only had a little sliver of a run, but mostly have sucked, I don't think they have near the hold on the community yeah. that we have. But they had two dudes who stayed here and were really, really good and built the foundation, and you had a coach that was here for 20-some years, was it 22 years, and was the original tough guy. Nobody, I don't care who you are, Chuck Norris, whomever, nobody was tougher than Jerry Sloan. Nobody. There could be guys just as tough, but nobody was tougher. And he embodied what this franchise is about, and he will embody what this franchise is about 100 years from now. And that's why I would love to see some more recognition from him, for him. He deserves as, maybe not as much, but real close to the statues in terms of getting his own. I mean, what, who says you can only have two statues? There's no rule against it. You can have three or four, five, whatever, whatever you think is worthy of it. And so they set the foundation, and the franchise did win a ton. It would be interesting to see, that, and we'll never know, what kind of hold this franchise would have on this community if it were the Kings or if it were Minnesota. And, and I don't know what it's like now because I've been here so long, but i got to say when I was in Sacramento, I was surprised and impressed with how into the team the town was, because at that point they had moved to town and done nothing but lose. They hadn't even had their. Now they eventually had their, you know, their five year run where they were pretty good, and then they went they right were good. back. Yeah, they and were they good. went right back to losing again. But yeah. I, I got to say, it was to the point that when there was that uh, when they were sold and there was that whole flirtation, are they moving to Seattle? And I think that the Sonics fans they really got the shaft. That they did. It's just they a horrible that. story. But as much as I'd love to see basketball back in Seattle, and I think it should be, and it'd be fun to have a Sonics Jazz game and see the green and gold and the Space Needle logo and all that, and that'd be great. Uh, I didn't want it at the cost of Sacramento. I agree. Just, it was too important. I thought, man, they didn't, they didn't get a taste of anything. You know, They were just a perpetual the debate. I one year did a preseason story on, hey, are, is, is this team really taking a step forward? Are they going to not lose 50 games this year? That was legitimately the story. Mm-hmm. If they could just improve so they don't lose 50. There was a lot of bad basketball, but people were so into it. It was their link to the big time. And other than that, they had to go down to the Bay Area to see the, the Giants or the A's or the Niners or, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. All right, DJ and PK, hopefully one day they'll get some wins there. Not, not at the expense of the Jazz, but... <laughs> well, finally you're <laughs> coming around. Shove their way into the top four at some point and be good again. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More Jazz with Tim Lacombe coming up. Jazz radio studio analyst, former Utah and BYU basketball staffer. He's going to join us at 9 o'clock. Also rocker. Big time. Tell you all about that coming up. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is 
Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. It's fun to watch the development of Donovan Mitchell, watching him develop the knowledge of when to take over, when to take a step back. How has that been from your perspective? You know what? If Donovan can get going early because the defense is giving him looks, he should take them and not worry about what Mike Conley or somebody else is doing. Um, Quite honestly, we need Donovan to be a tremendous amount better than he's been so far this year. We can be really positive about it, but on the other end, he's not going to line as as he's had some blitz where he's gone to line a little bit. But if he's he's our marquee go-to scorer, there's an efficiency level that has to be much higher than it is right now. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I feel like we should have Riley Jensen here, not because we're talking college football, PK, but now we're getting into that whole mental performance stuff. We're getting into the whole stress and breathing thing and anxiety, getting into the zone and performing at a high level. George Niang uh, listens to Michelle Branch's Breathe. Stressed about not playing well, listen to that, get into the zone, go out, play well, hit some shots, start feeling good about yourself. You put the question up on Facebook. What does it what does it for you? What puts you in the zone? What relieves the stress? You got a song? You got to go to your big music guy, PK. You got one go to or does it depend on the mood? You got a half dozen of them. Well, I think the foundation of what you're looking for is something that's going to make you feel good. Now, being a northeast guy in my roots, I tend to go to the dark side. And that makes you feel good? (laughs) No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I'm naturally drawn to breakup music, to cynical stuff. It's the way I was raised. For better or worse, you can argue that all day long. But nevertheless, the reality is that's the way. What's the, what's the, give me a good breakup song. One that just does it for you. I've got, I've got one in mind. I don't know if you're going to go there. Oh, they're, they're, the. Uh, Silver Springs by Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Huh. I mean, it's real intense. I'll follow you down to the sound of my voice will haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> that's comforting. <laughs> Feel good now. <laughs> I, I know, uh, but that's, I thought that, you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go Eagles. Isn't there a song about divorce? Oh, wasted time. Uh, yeah, the the whole idea of that the marriage you're divorced now, so that's waste. What we had was wasted time. I mean, the song is literally called "Wasted Time," but that's those are dark depictions. Of there's a song called "Somebody to Lay Down Beside Me," and it's basically you're with somebody because you don't really love them, but you're just doing it because it's somebody. You know, it's a very cynical, bitter tune. So I'm, I'm better or worse, and largely for worse, I'm drawn to that. But when I'm looking to be in a good mood, there's plenty of tunes out there. And I'd already given uh, Yak the one that comes to mind. It's a fairly recent tune. This one, my wife, who's 100% opposite, she just loves this tune, and so do I. Tell me something good that I don't know. And this message that it's there. This world's been kicking my behind. Life ain't been a friend of mine. Lately I've been feeling Stick with it. 
He looks back over his shoulder. She back over her shoulder pointed at the sign hanging up on Here's the message. This is totally your wife's song. <laughs> this is not your song. This is your wife's song. Nobody's got to worry about nothing. Don't go hit that panic button. It ain't worth spilling your drink. So this is a tune that if I'm looking for upbeat to put life in perspective, I, I love, I absolutely love this tune. My head said that's for sure. That's Kenny. The other guy was a guy named David Lee Murphy. Not David Lee Roth, David Lee Murphy. So I like this too. There's a million of them, but I like that one. Does it have to be music or is there something else that does it that relieves the stress? I think it's uh, different for everybody. A lot of people meditate. I don't know, and Riley would be better to answer this. Maybe we should get him on. I don't know if there's one size fits all. I certainly have no training in any form of this, and I offer no one any advice at any time. I've sucked at that, so uh, I I need to listen more and shut up. Uh, so that's what I try to do. But uh, I think that there's all sorts of stuff. Music for me is big, and I get where George is coming from, though. I get 100%. Well, I think especially now, you know, it's so isolating on the road. The uh, The road is different, although I think they're getting pretty isolated at home, too, so I don't know that it's that different. But the road is certainly different now than it was, you know, Well, you'd uh, rather be before March. in a hotel room. Right, yeah. But but you got to spend a lot of time. And, you know, Donovan was talking about going to New York, and he's excited because then the rules were you could have two people visit you in your room. Well, obviously, his, his mom and his sister, right? That's kind of the no-brainer. So they could come in. He was looking forward to that. And so that, those were the two people he could come have visit him. And so now they're changing the rules. Well, it's a good thing they went to New York and they did because, you know, if you go next week, mom and sis can't come visit you. So I think when you're, when you're by yourself in the, in the room and, you know, the hallways or the lobbies are monitored or whatever, there's no sneaking around. Like, well, if you got music, that, you can, that, that, that travels pretty well. You know, I I think for me, the thing that changes my mood is the long drive and the couple big stretches of nothing. But I'm always happy when I'm driving across them. When you leave price headed to Moab, like there's nothing there. There's there's nothing beyond price until you get to Green River or Moab. There's nothing. But I'm always in a good mood. The road is straight as an arrow. How many times you do that? Mountains are on your left. Not that often. But every time I do, it's great. You know, I, I've probably been to, uh, how many times have been to Moab? 10 times? 12 times? You know, I don't go every year. Every other year or a little less. And then So you the only need drive, to pick me up every other year? The other No, I need more pick-me-ups. I don't get them. But I'm saying when I get that, I am not in a bad mood. And the other thing is, and this is, <laughs> I know a lot of people made this drive, but I-80 to the Bay Area, I've done that drive with family in Reno and the Bay Area. I've done that drive. So many times, and I really don't. I don't do it. You know, these last four or five years, uh, since my mother-in-law passed away, my my father-in-law's here, so we're not driving out to the in-laws. I've still got some family and friends out there, but when I have gone, I've flown it. But when it was all of a sudden we were driving, I, 
I love that drive. I love being yeah, out. But are there. you in a bad mood when you get on the road? I can be stressed. I can be whatever, but I'm in a good mood. That it changes my mood. It it does feel great. It feels different. So, I fifteen a- south is good, but for whatever reason, it's not as good. I don't, and I don't know why. Yeah, and but maybe I mean, that, more, that's not day to day life. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. But it still, it changes your mood. You know, it's like I know, but what do you do to. on a random Tuesday? If I talk you got to you. the blues. Oh, I, I talk to you. You you, you pick me up. Oh, I do not. <laughs> okay, how about this? You do, you do when we golf. I do look forward to the golfing. When we go out golfing, and obviously okay, this I isn't the time that. of year to I do can... that, but I don't, think, I don't think we've ever had – I mean, I've played really poorly. That's not routine. That's routine. But I don't think I've ever had a bad round of golf. To me, golf is who you're with. You know, if you're with people you like, okay. that, that's a good time, you know? And so it's different – People, I mean, obviously, we're always on the air here at the station, so we can't all golf together. But at different times, I've golfed with you, I've golfed with Jake, I've golfed with the other Jake, I've golfed with Gordon. I've never had a bad round of golf. You know, I, I'll play a little better or a little worse or whatever, but it's fun to be out there if the people in your group are fine. It's always, whenever you're, you're partnered up with someone, that's always the, okay, how's this person going to impact uh, kind of the mood of the group? Right, and you never know. And sometimes you you meet people and oh, and, and it's, when and, it's random. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. And and some people you just like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but other times it ends up being great. You know, it's somebody and you talk to them a little bit. Absolutely, and, and it's good. And it's just good. You just yes. never know. And I think you everybody who's golf knows that. Everybody has <clears throat> had that experience. Which is why I try to uh, eliminate that. And the uh, as if you book a foursome, you don't have to worry about it. But if you go out there, you know, one or two of you, then it's a roll of the dice. Especially now, there was a time. It was last winter. We went down to to St. George for a weekend, and we're at the ledges uh, in the St. George area, and got hooked up. And and these guys may be listening, and if they are, when they show up, first tee, they come pulling up. Each of them, each of them has an individual twelve pack. And it's not of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and most of the 12-pack is already gone. And, oh, my gosh. And they ordered another, at least a six-pack apiece. And it was awful. It was just awful. Yeah. And they knew who I was, and that made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I can remember I'm on the tee. This is no joke. And the guy says to me, yeah, I grew up here and, you know, I, I was LDS. And I used to root for, even though I didn't go to church, I rooted for BYU. But then the stand on the LGBT really turned me off. And, you know, what do you think of that? I'm like, I'm here to play, I I, I'm, I'm here to play golf, dude. Would you shut <laughs> the bleep up? What do I think of that? What do I think of that? I'm, I'm trying to hit that ball down the middle of that fairway. That's what I think of that. Yeah. I didn't show up <laughs> That's to, what I care about. I didn't about. show yeah. up to talk politics with somebody I've never <laughs> met before in my life. And like, you're you're just wasted, too? You're not even yeah. going to remember it? Yeah. Uh, so that was just, that was ugly. So yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And I've had some great, one time, at the very same course, 
the ledges down there and people who played it know. In fact, I've had interesting experiences on that course. It, more so, than any other? <laughs> uh, probably not, but it's, since I'm on that one, I'll tell, I'll tell two quick stories. I'm on uh, – we're playing with a guy who uh, claims his kids played football at BYU – I looked it up. I didn't. I didn't see. They weren't Letterman anyway. Maybe they did. And he was buddies. He claimed he was buddies with Norm Chow. So I said, "Oh yeah, you'll like this picture." I showed him a picture that I took of me and Norm out in front of Norm's house in Manhattan Beach. Wow, you really do know him. <laughs> yeah, I told you I did. I'm not gonna make it up. But anyway, we get to the 14th hole, and he, his house, he lives there on the 14th hole, and his wife is standing there off to the green with homemade muffins right out of the oven. <laughs> and they were awesome. <laughs> so that was certainly a pleasure. That was a and, win. <laughs> yeah, big time. I mean, they were great, yeah. And, and uh, it was my wife and I, and then him and another guy, and the other guy was a single, so he wasn't connected to the other guys so it was basically three groups of people two a twosome and two singles and she had muffins for all of us and they were they were awesome man she was a great muffin cooker and then another time i'm at that course and they about whole five a foursome lets us play through and it's just my wife and i i say oh yeah thank you thank you okay and we hit and we go on and then about a month later i get an email at pk I got this argument with my brother, and I need you to settle it. I claim that a month ago, we let you play through at Ledges, and he claims, no way, that wasn't PK. So I want to know, was that you? (laughs) (laughs) What was your answer? Yes, it was me. I remembered it. Okay, I know, but I didn't know how, like, sarcastic or bizarre you got. (laughs) Like, what difference does it make? Who cares? (laughs) Brush with greatness. It matters. You didn't have it. You had a brush with me. You didn't have a brush with greatness. You had a brush with me. And so, but it was funny that they waited a month later to ask me, was that you or not? You know, I got a hat and glasses on or pulled down. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think uh, the time that we played uh, just going through. And then Jake Scott just texted me, the time we played in Vegas with two women that got hooked up with us. Oh, my gosh, the one gal couldn't have been more entertaining. And then she let we let a single young guy play through, and she comes up to us when we get to the green. And, claim, and this guy was in her 60s, and the guy was probably in his 20s. And we get to the green, and she claims that the guy was hitting on her in the fairway. <laughs> <laughs> Seems unlikely. I know, I know. But they were, she was such a character. She made It was only nine holes we played because she joined us on the back nine, but it was so freaking funny. Jake and I were rolling <laughs> for nine holes. <laughs> All right, so sometimes it's music, sometimes it's golf, sometimes it's meditation, sometimes it's the long drive. What else is it? What is the thing that changes your mood? And you're right, I don't like drive across the desert, you know, three times a week when I get stressed. But when I do, it's awesome. Oh, you're like uh, the, the most interesting guy in the world with the beer. West, west and south. For whatever reason, I, I think I've only driven to Denver one time, and that was for work. That was not relaxing it was cool if you've never driven 40 and i know you have but if you've never driven 40 to denver that drive gets really awesome after a while man you are you are up in the mountains and the forests and it is pretty cool up there but that was just one time 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Actually, I haven't driven to Boise. I've done that a few times for work, too. All the lava fields, that's pretty, that's pretty unique up there. DJ and PK, coming up, Tim Lacombe's going to join us. We'll find out what, what does it for him. What do you do when you're a BYU basketball coach and, you know, there's been a big loss and there's the stress of another big game coming up? It's actually where BYU is right now, right? St. Mary's coming up, coming off the loss to Gonzaga. Big game for the Y. We'll talk with Tim Lacombe coming up in about 20 minutes. Stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. You know, as the NBA talks about how to proceed with this season, I don't know how hard this would be to pull off, but how about extend the roster to 20? They're trying to figure out what to do with the G League anyway. Let them be alternates ready to roll. You'd have to set aside some salary cap rules, set other parameters like these aren't vet minimum guys. Figure out what to do. You already bumped the roster to 15, bump it out to 25. What difference does it make? Just make sure these guys have enough bodies they can pull it off. Is putting on a game with those kinds of players really better? than not playing the game at all. I hear what you're getting at. I think the game being played is more important. How often would you get down to player 18, 19, 20? I would guess it wouldn't be all that often. I certainly hope not. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's weird how the universe works, PK. <laughs> so we're talking about George Niang and his post-game comments about stress and music and uh, and listening to breathe. And my phone is going just buzzing like crazy in the last segment, but I'm not paying attention to it while we're on the air. And I pick it up during the break, and there's this group of uh, like I don't know, ten or twelve of us from college, and they're they got this group text going, and the whole thing turns to this uh, deal about. Uh, um, Two different people in the group have uh, have got major issues with stress and anxiety, and have been working with meditation, kind of you know trying to take the edge off a little bit. And about these programs and all that, it's like everybody's looking for this. I mean, everybody's wound up with the pandemic, right? And politics are driving people crazy, and the pandemic's driving people crazy. And we don't have our normal routines and see our normal people, and you know, getting together with extended family for holidays, and so you got all this stuff. And it's weird. Everybody's doing it at the same time, differently. And we're talking about it on the radio, and these people are over here texting about it. It's meant to be. There it is. You know what else is meant to be? A winning streak for the Jazz. Question of the morning. Three in a row. And with Atlanta coming up at home, it should be four in a row, heading into a big game with Denver. Are the Jazz rolling? Or... They're just playing some bad teams, just picking up some easy wins. Some of the schedule wins you know you're going to get. Cody says, we were playing terrible against lousy competition early on, so this is definitely an improvement. Keldon says, it's not the lousy competition because they're 5-1 and one against teams with winning records, and they're 2-3 and three against teams with losing records. So they're not beating up on the losing competition, the lousy competition. That's actually when they're losing. They're two and so before Detroit, they were 0 and 3. Yeah, they lost to Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. And Brooklyn and New York. Now, I don't know if they went and counted them as their record stands now or as their record stood when they played them. Because um, Brooklyn, with that win last night, is now they're 500, 6 and 6. So they'd be the team right at 500. Yeah, I don't know what they were at that point. I can't answer that. Uh, I think it was more of a, a little bit of a lull rather than the competition 
I don't, I don't necessarily look at the competition. I, I look at the way they play. That, that's, to me, that's more important. Because you look at the way they played against Oklahoma City. Well, that was sporadic. Now, they got the win, and ultimately that matters the most. But they didn't really play as well. Whereas you look at Cleveland, and that was a severely watered-down team. Three of their starters out. Actually, I can make a case for four because Exum had been starting a little bit too with the guards and yep. Exum and Love out. And so they didn't have enough talent, right? That's obvious. But I'm not really judging Cleveland. There's no point in making an assessment on Cleveland because you're going to see them twice a year and then forget about them. Uh, it's more about the Jazz because the Jazz we're going to watch every single game. So how are the Jazz playing? That's going to matter a lot more rather than, well, Cleveland's not that good. That doesn't matter to me as much. What matters to me is how the Jazz are playing and the way they played. I already talked about that earlier, but for the new listeners, I'm talking about how my wife's sitting on the couch last night. It's an early game, so she's watching it because I hadn't gone downstairs because we were eating dinner. Most of the time I watch the Jazz games downstairs by myself. But I was upstairs, and because we were eating dinner as we were watching the game, so she had the game on, and she knows knows enough to say, "Wow, Fave!" And she called him Fave. It's really playing well, and he had like three block shots right off the bat. Well, that's an element that they didn't have last year. I mean, it literally was gone when Gobert went to the bench. Well, now they don't they don't lose as much. So it's more about the Jazz and the way the Jazz are playing as opposed to Cleveland and they looked really good the way they were playing and that's the encouraging sign. They turned it around immediately against the Bucks and followed through with a little bit of Detroit and then last night they were looking really good. So I'm I'm expecting them to hit a little bit of a stride knowing that you're not going to win all the games. So you know you're not going to win all the games, but if you're taking it one at a time and focusing on each one, do you end up winning a much higher percentage than you expect? Because I think 6-4 and four kind of feels normal to Jazz fans, but should we be resetting the bar? Like this team doesn't have some of the weak links it had. It's better. There are They've always had several good three-point shooters, but now they have more good three-point shooters. Now they have, they, uh, they're much better with Fave back uh, when Rudy Gobert is off the floor. Yeah. They yeah. are a much better team. So you know Conley is integrated now in a way he just wasn't a year ago. A year ago, he was in the middle of his injury, I guess. He was about to. He's about a month away from really starting to, to click in. Jordan Clarkson has now been here a full calendar year, plus a, a few weeks. You know, they are in a spot they haven't been in. And we talk about, like, 8-2 and two is a really high bar, but should we be looking at this as a team that's going to win 7 or 8 out of 10 instead of 6 out of 10? It's time to upgrade them. There should be fewer of those lulls. They have more talent. They're better. Donovan's got another year under his belt. He should be a better player. He's still at the point in his career where he should be improving. He's been really good, and now he can be better than that. Up the expectations, PK. You don't want to let people off the hook. Up I them. don't. No, I agree. Tim Lacombe, next. We'll talk with him about those expectations. Stay with us. Tim, Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst, former Utah and BYU basketball staffer, joins us next.